0: Hi, everyone. My name is Diane Yu, and I will be your host for this episode of From the Patient's Eyes podcast presented by Orange Grove Bio and the Autoimmune Registry. From the Patient's Eyes is a podcast created to give autoimmune patients a platform to share their stories and bring awareness to the unmet medical needs of the community. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the episode. With Julianne Larkin, a 22-year-old autoimmune patient afflicted with Graves' disease and arthritis, here to share her story. Thank you for coming on, Julian.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Um, it's great to meet you.
1: Yeah, you too, and I'm happy to tell my story and bring some awareness to autoimmune diseases.
0: Yeah, so to start, why don't you walk us through your history with autoimmune diseases and how did you first find out that you had a a form of autoimmune disease and then about first Hashimoto's disease and then later on arthritis?
1: Yeah so um, it all started when I was about 12 or 13 years old and I was having some uh, factors that were not normal in a 13 year old girl and I ended up going to my doctor because I was experiencing like a lot of hair loss, weight gain, fatigue, hot and cold, like intolerance. And my mom told me, oh, you might have thyroid disease because I have it. And that's like a lot of common factors. So I just went to the doctor, got a simple blood test and then it came back that my levels were very high. So then immediately the process started of treatment and what to do. And um, it just became that I would just be get, getting on a medicine to regulate all my, um, all my factors that are happening. And then they ended up diagnosing me with Hashimoto's disease. So for anyone that doesn't know, that is just a form of hypothyroidism. And it's actually when the thyroid is underworked. So it's just not um, regulating properly and it needs to be working normal to be able to digest food and have a good metabolism to have like weight gain and loss and just regularity so that was also something that was a big factor and just not being healthy I was I was like why am I gaining so much weight I'm 12 years old and I'm eating normal and just a lot of things were not right. So, um, I was just experiencing like very fatigueness and, um, hot and cold intolerance. That was a big factor. So once I started getting on the medicine and everything, it took a long time for it to like be regulated, but then it ended up getting better. So it was also just a quick fix, but it was also a lot of factors that still were around, but definitely regulated when I got the medicine. So that wasn't it's it's
0: great to hear that you know that was helpful to you after you got that diagnosis could you explain and share a bit more of you know how did that develop and how did you get the second diagnosis of arthritis and how was that experience um, at such a young age
1: yeah so um I just lived my life with this uh, thyroid and then I ended up, um, it ended up being from hypo to hyper. So then that it was said it was underworked. Now it became overworked when I was about, um, like 15, 16. So then it kind of like came to the basis of being a whole new deal. And I lost all this weight and all the, the things that were happening were just the reverse and everything was kind of out of whack. So then they were putting me on new medication and they were kind of trying to figure it out because it usually doesn't go from low drive to overdrive. It's usually the other way around. So it was a little tricky for them. So then I ended up, um, they thought that the medicine I was taking was gonna like affect me when I'm older to have children or just other medications in my life. So they really thought that the best way for me to get um, my thyroid under control was to get it radioactively ablated. So that process was kind of um, cool to just realistically, I took a drink and I was in a hospital for a day or two. And then I became radioactive for a whole entire week and it it um, disintegrated my thyroid. So that was definitely wow. but yeah, um,
0: sounds like an experience.
1: Yeah, it was um. definitely very interesting
0: (laughs) could you describe more about how your treatment process has been like through both conditions and if you see any uh limitations in the medications for you in these two treatment yeah
1: so i mean for the thyroid that i got it um removed so then that was fine and i still just take a one medicine now um just to keep it on the baseline but um Then, now being 22 years old, last year, I found out that I had um, rheumatoid arthritis. I was in college, and I was just not feeling well. I just was always very sore, wasn't able to get up and do everything I wanted to do, very tired, and I thought something was wrong, definitely, but I just thought it was maybe stress or anxiety I don't know like just debilitating um, tactics in my life that were just making this happen and then I ended up um, waiting a long time which I shouldn't have but I was just in college I didn't have a primary doctor and I ended up getting blood work again and then my all my levels were off and they said that I um, was diagnosed with the rheumatoid arthritis So that um, was definitely very upsetting because I was 22 years old and a lot of people don't understand that it it is common in people younger than 50 or 60 or anything. And a lot of people don't understand that it's not like induced from like sports or um, just like a car accident or something like that. So it is another autoimmune disease, which is very common for me to have one and then have another. So that was hard because I was living for so long with pain. And then um, I had to like change a lot of day-to-day activities and just living a 22 year old life because of this um, diagnosis. So um, then they ended up putting me on um, a steroid called prednisone, which a lot of people take for a lot of different things. And then that was hard because that makes you even more inflamed. And that was tricky because I like couldn't, um, I was having a lot of mood swings. I was uh, gaining more weight and um, it just wasn't, it was just a temporary fix. But also um, I forgot to mention the actual definition of rheumatoid arthritis, which is just um, inflammation attacking the joints. So I actually unfortunately struggle with it all, all over my body. Usually it's in like the hands, the wrists, the feet, but I do have it everywhere, where is a joint. So um, it definitely made me change a lot of my day-to-day tasks, working out um, and things I just do on the daily. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can't imagine, you know, having this and also going through like the daily life of a college like student or, you know, of college age um, and trying to handle like school, and work, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I wonder how has this condition really impacted you in the last year with COVID-19 um, being so prominent and limiting you perhaps from being able to go places and, you know, do the things that you would like to do?
1: Yeah, so with um, my arthritis medication, I I take a injection like EpiPen shot, and that's called Enbrel. So I take that once a week, and I also take two um, pills twice a day of this pill called Sulfasalazine. So me having rheumatoid arthritis doesn't make my immune system weaker. It's the medicine I take to use it. So me having that medicine is weakening my immune system to help my arthritis. So it's kind of a blessing and a curse. Um, So with COVID-19, obviously I was a lot more susceptible because this medicine I was taking was making me not as strong as other people. And it was just a very hard struggle because everyone was so scared of this, but especially people that even... weaker because of a treatment for something that you're in pain and you need so that was definitely very um hard to do because I'm 22 years old and living my life I was in college and um obviously you had to be careful but I was even more careful than anything because of the circumstances
0: were you able to get a vaccine earlier than most of the public
1: Um, Yeah, so I ended up getting COVID in January, and I was very, very sick, um, longer than normal. I was uh, out for at least a month of work. And um, for in that time when I had COVID, I um, wasn't able to take my medicine, my EpiPen shot. So I... um, was advised by my doctor, don't take it because it's just not gonna help the process and everything. So that was really like debilitating for the month that I didn't have it. I could barely, usually when I am in normal times, it's hard doing things, but then not even taking the medicine that I've been using to help me, um, I couldn't take it. So now my biggest challenge now is getting the vaccine. Um, You obviously had to wait the three months after having COVID to get the vaccine, but I'm not sure if that's even a thing anymore. But yeah, my doctor has told me that when it comes time to get the vaccine in between the two doses, you would have to wait and not take your medicine. So that's my biggest battle right now is to um, figure out how I'm gonna be able to do daily life and work and everything, especially I go into an office five days a week and just resume life without this medicine to, not
0: risk covid again that makes sense um i guess another question would be like you know this experience has been so shaping of the majority of your life if you were to give advice to other patients in your position you know what kind of advice would you give and um, how do you think you would advise physicians and people in the medical research community to help you and you know, help patients like you with this type of disease?
1: Yeah, so I mean, first, um, it would definitely be like your mental state, you have to realize like, this is something that you're going to be living with forever now. And certain things you just can't do anymore. And you really just have to come to terms with that as unfortunate as it is. Um, you definitely just take things slow and realize you can't do what you used to do. And there's, definitely uh, struggle with that but in the end it really will help you because you can't overdo it it's just not worth it so um with my doctors and stuff they definitely have been really helpful it's it's rare in younger cases but it's not something that they've never dealt with before so i definitely um had luck and only experienced a few doctors within my only two year, year, um, diagnosis. Um, but yeah, I also just want to like touch on more about the diagnosis itself. So when I ended up getting just like a simple blood work of all the different things, my, um, my results were like totally off the charts and everyone was saying how that, how are you living like this? And I just said, I didn't know, it didn't run in my family. I'm not sure like the thyroid did. And I was just, um, I just didn't even think this could be a thing. So um, it just ended up being the process of all the medicine kicking in. It took at least six months for anything to even remotely feel better. So that was definitely a struggle, but I did have the temporary steroid to help it. but yeah, that was definitely just a struggle because I was living with it for so long. And the second I knew that what I had, I didn't want to live with it one more second of pain. So yeah, that was definitely um, a struggle for me.
0: Is there, um, do you feel like there's any uh, medical shortcomings that you'd like to address? through this podcast anything you would want to highlight for the, the our audience I guess
1: yeah so I definitely think that um just the stigma of young people having it and um just how to deal with it and there are so many different treatments and stuff so for example like when I um for I have a child um I wouldn't be able to take it so if during a whole pregnancy and everything, that would be really tricky. And another um, another type of uh, injection that you could take, you like can't drink any alcohol with it. Um, it's just, there's a lot of different lifestyle changes you would have to take to feel better, which are definitely worth it. But it's also, um, I believe that my doctors should have um, explained to me more about, how diet really affects inflammation. And that means just certain foods really trigger it. And um, I wish like during my early like years of getting better, like I really should have just been drilled into like, don't eat this, don't do this, especially when I was still just trying to get better. So like if I could have avoided cheese, for example, for me to feel better while my medicine was trying to set itself in, I would have liked to know that more.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I not. Um, I think it would be so challenging to cut your diet, and <laughs> it's already hard enough to diet in general.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I can't
0: imagine you know having to do it, and you know having your health at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, how serious it is. Um, are there any specific, you know, things that you felt really helped you, like a mindset perhaps, or um, an approach to how you you manage your daily Work and your, um, you, you talked a lot about how how challenging it is to balance everything. So I'm just wondering if there's any pieces of you know advice that you can give to other patients or like uh, other audience members to help them understand how to support you um, and patients like you.
1: Yeah, so that's definitely a great question. So as I mentioned earlier, like your mindset is definitely a huge factor. If you if you feel good. Um, And if your mind's good, then you feel good, you know? So um, you just really like have to understand that sometimes brushing your teeth and getting up in the morning is gonna be harder than others. And you have to realize like, you're not like everyone else. And a lot of people struggle with so many different autoimmune diseases and even more severe or less severe, you know? It's just, everyone's different. And the struggles of life and work and, family and school and everything are challenging enough. So just to add something on top of it is definitely tricky, but um, you really just need to have a good mindset and you really will do whatever you need to do to feel better. And if that means me (laughs) cutting out all the food I love and everything, like it really is worth it in the end. And I um, was sent an article when I first got diagnosed and it's called the spoon theory And it's about someone that um, was trying to explain to her best friend about having an autoimmune disease and how it is to live a daily life. And she explains that you're given like, for example, 12 spoons a day and say, get up and getting dressed is one spoon. And then brushing your teeth is another spoon. And the friend is trying to um, take all like her tasks and get all the spoons in one sitting. And she said, well, when you have no spoons left, you have nothing left to give. So it's really um, interesting and relatable because you have to sometimes factor in like, oh, if I, (laughs) if I want to blow dry my hair today, that means that I can't do this, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. like certain things. You have a
0: capacity. Yeah. yeah, It's limited to like, you know, on a daily basis.
1: And it's like, once the spoons are gone, they're gone and you can't get them back. So it's really, um, was opening and relatable. And, um, it's definitely something that has changed my life, but it's not, um, forever going to ruin my life. You know, like you just got to make the best out of it. And I think my medicine has really helped me. And if anything happens, we deal with it. And I believe the doctors definitely know a good amount about it and, um, you just really can, if I can do things to help myself, then I will. But um, yeah, that's
0: about it. And Thank you for inspiring us, I think. (laughs) And to bring it back um, to the fundamental way that Orange Grove Bio is seeking to remedy some of these shortcomings that you mentioned, I was wondering if you could speak to whether you have experience with clinical trials and if that's ever crossed your mind as something that you would consider joining,
1: yeah. So I actually have gotten an email once to participate. Um, I didn't really look into it more uh, much because I was still new. Um, so I was just like, I'd rather wait until I actually have stable treatment to see if anything would be, um, you know, if I would need anything. But I definitely would be open to it. Um, If anything was to change or there would be a new medicine or something, um, I would definitely be open to it because I am so young and I have a long life to live with this. So if something could really dramatically change, um, maybe the way that like, if your joints deteriorate or um, just helping the process in any way, um, I would definitely be open to it. even with the thyroidism, uh, I have it removed, so it's definitely more baseline, but maybe if something else too, I would definitely be open to it.
0: Thank you so much, Julian, um, yeah, and for you. sharing such a personal journey with us. Um, this is Diane Yu on From, patient, from the Patient's Eyes by Orange Grove Bio. Thanks. Thanks.